Hello all, I have a great episode for you here, episode 6 of the pod. Ooh, who are any famous number 6s? I'll see by the end of the episode if I can come up with any famous players who wore number 6. But in this episode, we will go over our weekly news as we always do, with all the news from this past week or so. We'll talk about Jadavian Clowney and what we think is up with him. I'll talk about Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields in college football this season. Who I think's better, some kind of some stuff for the NFL draft next year and that kind of thing with them. Then we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and what's going on in Green Bay after an interesting draft with them. And then we'll also have a QB debate with a guest. In this episode, we're gonna start to have Thursday episodes where we have a guest on here to do a certain debate with me each time. So as I said, we have a great episode for you, packed with a bunch of different things. So stick around. Here we go. So to begin our episode, we will go through this week's weekly news from the sports world about many different things that have happened in the sports world in the past week. The first thing is that the NCAA says it will allow all all student-athletes to profit from their name and likeness, not through being paid by the schools, but being able to get different... Um, be able to do like commercials and different things like that where they can use their likeness. They're not allowed to do anything involved with the school's like logo, jerseys, or anything in any of the commercials or anything they do that. But from now on, it's looking like the NCAA will allow players to use their likeness to make money outside of the school. Those schools aren't allowed, they aren't allowed to pay players no matter what. The Knicks decided also this week that they were going to keep GM Scott Perry. This is an interesting move to me, considering the Knicks have been an awful franchise for like the last 10 years, more way more than that, but specifically in my lifetime in the last 10 years, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to keep a GM who's led you to being awful, but as, the Knicks, as we know, the Knicks are a corrupt organization, so it only makes sense they're going to keep a terrible GM and continue moving on with that, so as we said, the Knicks will keep their GM, Scott Perry. The NBA is considering finishing its season at Disney World in Florida. That it kind of makes sense because it's a location that would be fairly protected from outsiders coming in to bother the players, and it does have all the courts they would need to have all the teams playing there under the same roof. So it makes sense. It's not necessarily centralized or anything like that, but it makes sense for all the teams to play there if they're going to play the playoffs out there. So that would be interesting to see if that happens. Also this week, the Bucks decided they would pick up O.J. Howard's fifth-year option as he's going into his fourth year this season. Um, I predicted this two episodes ago when we heard rumors that since the Bucks um, got Rob Gronkowski, we, I said that I still think they would keep O.J. Howard even though it was rumored that he would be traded away most likely because they have Cameron Braid as well but I think if anything they should trade away Cameron Braid and keep OJ Howard because OJ Howard's the much more the much younger and in my opinion more talented tight end out of Alabama here recently so I'd keep it makes sense that they're re-signing OJ Howard in the future look out for a Cameron Braid trade in the next couple of weeks or so but right now it looks like the Bucks will keep all three of their tight ends on the roster for the moment the Bengals um the Bengals cut Andy Dalton earlier, and well, on a, on um Thursday the thirtieth this week, 
and that makes sense considering they just drafted Joe Burrow with the first pick in the NFL draft. Joe Burrow set all the records of college football with 60 touchdowns and highest uh, completion percentage ever at 79%. So it makes sense you'd get rid of Andy Dalton. I think I could have seen kind of like what's going to happen to Tua, assuming the Dolphins made the correct decision. You could see an older quarterback like Andy Dalton staying in place for a year or so, having the younger quarterback just drafted in Joe Burrow being trained after him. But it it makes sense that they move on from... Andy Dalton, because there were statements in the last week that the Bengals feel very confident that Joe Burrow can start in his first year. So it only makes sense they moved on from Andy Dalton. I think there's a solid chance that Andy Dalton could get signed by the Patriots and Jaguars. It's most rumored to be the Patriots. A lot of people have talked about that today on all the different uh, sports platforms. But I would actually predict it's probably most likely to be the Jaguars because the Jaguars' offensive coordinator is Jay Gruden who was also Andy Dalton's offensive coordinator on the Bengals for multiple years. So the Jaguars would know what they'd be getting with Andy Dalton, and they'd have a system that Andy Dalton's worked with before, so that would make sense to have him go there. So I could probably see Andy Dalton most likely going to the Jaguars, not the Patriots. I think the Patriots are very content on Jarrett Stidham, so we'll just have to see how that plays out. Um, The Chiefs decided to pick up Mahomes', Mahomes option, his fifth-year option, uh, on Thursday the 30th because um, obviously it makes sense to pick up his option. He sat out his first year, but in the last two seasons, he had 50 touchdowns and 26 touchdowns respectively with his last season being um, somewhat cut out a little bit because he missed uh, four games or so in the middle of the season due to injury. But both seasons, he's been towards the top of the league in past touchdowns. He was an MVP candidate the first year, and if he hadn't gotten injured in the second year, He's, he would have been probably most likely the MVP, or at least in the MVP conversation. So the Chiefs pick up his option, move him on to the fifth year. They have said that they're looking to re-sign him as soon as possible, which makes sense considering you have a quarterback who just won the Super Bowl for you and has been an MVP in his first two seasons. NASCAR also announced on Thursday the 30th that they will be having races start back up on May 17th in Charlotte for the first race that they will have happen. Although NASCAR is not as physical of, of a sport as you would think of usually, it's at least a sport that you can watch, so it's good to have something like that. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see what's up with NASCAR. I think it's NASCAR's ratings will obviously go up drastically because that's the only sport they'll be on, and there'll be tons of people who want to watch it. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, and we'll have to see... Well, it's helping NASCAR and if they'll continue on and if that sets a good path for all of our sports to come back sometime here soon. The NBA announced that it will probably most likely hold the draft in August or September this year. Usually the draft would be held in June, but considering the NBA season most likely will either be pushed back all the way or just won't happen in all in all, that would make it, it would make sense that the draft would get pushed backwards along with the season, which is also getting pushed backwards as well. So we'll have to see how that goes. Right now, the number one pick for the Warriors would most likely be Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, or James Wiseman. But once the draft has an official date announced and we come a lot closer to that time, I will give my NBA mock draft, and we will see where we hold with that. As always, this is getting kind of old now than announcing this, but we still have Cam Newton and Jadavian Clowney on the free agent market. 
Um, there isn't much news revolving around either of them right now, with both of them still being up there. Cam Newton hasn't really talked to the team. Jadavion Clowney hasn't gotten a deal done yet. Jadavion Clowney is on the market mainly because he wants more money than teams are willing to pay him. And Cam Newton's still on the market because he's been injured a lot recently and teams don't know what they're getting if they sign him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with either of them. But as always, I will announce that they're both on the market. And we'll just have to see if either gets signed in the meantime soon. So that was your weekly news right there. We'll next be moving into an InfoQB debate with a guest now. I'll explain the debate in half a second. So here we go. So for our QB debate here, I have my guest with me obviously here. And the question we're posing is, it's an option question, so let me read the options here. So which option would you choose? And here are your options. Assuming that each player would not re-sign after their contract for however many years is over, these are the three options. You can go with option A, which is Patrick Mahomes for two seasons, only two seasons though. You can go with option B, which is Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Carson Wentz for five seasons. And then, or you can, with your third option, go with option C, which is Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield or Dak Prescott or Derek Carr for 10 seasons. Which option would you choose of the three options? And I just want to clarify, because I think you had mentioned this previously, they're, they're on a mediocre team, you were saying. Like, it isn't About that you get About an average this... team, 8-8 eight and eight is what you would be saying. A team like the Cowboys or the Eagles from last year. Okay. And you're saying they're going into an average team that's 8-8. Eight and eight. Yes. Okay, then I would take Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I would do that because it seems to me that if you have an average team, like, that doesn't, that's not a little bit above average, um, but just, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of playmakers on it, that having the quarterback that is the playmaker for you can carry a lot of weight um, versus the flip of that, in my opinion, is, um, you know, what San Francisco did last year where they took the mediocre quarterback. Um, you know, some people would argue he was better than mediocre, but, you know, when it comes down to it, he wasn't Patrick Mahomes, he wasn't Tom Brady. He was, he was kind of more the mediocre quarterback. And he was surrounded by people that were above average around him. They weren't stars, but they were generally a completely solid team around them as opposed to a mediocre team. So I think you can take a mediocre quarterback and surround them by um, B-plus players and make that work. But I don't think you can take the, um, you know, your option C-level type quarterbacks, surround them with C-level players, and have that pan out for you. Um, I, I don't think you're going to make it all the way with that particular team. I think you would have a better shot. I don't. I don't think you'd necessarily make it all the way with a Patrick Mahomes on a uh, on a mediocre team. I just think you'd probably get more wins out of that combination than you would uh, the uh, one of the other combinations. So that's exactly why I'm not pitch- picking Patrick Mahomes because I don't think, as you said, that you would win a championship, and that's your goal, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes over two seasons on a mediocre team. Now, I thought about this question for a little bit here, and it was very difficult for me to come up with my answer because I am of the mindset that you don't win championships without having a very good quarterback. That's how college football works. That's how NFL football works. That's how most sports work. You have to have a star player to win a championship. You don't usually make it with just a solid team. It works best to have a star player. Now, with that in mind, 
I am going to pick Dak Prescott for 10 seasons. Because I am banking on, from what I saw of Dak Prescott last year, he had the second most passing yards in the league. He had the second, the third most passing touchdowns in the league. He had a great season. The Cowboys won't resign him. He was on the same team we're basically talking about here, which was an 8-8 eight and eight team in the middle of the thing, and he led them the same way here. I told you earlier that I think the Cowboys will be better this season. I think over 10 seasons, a team like that will be able to, one, if you have Dak Prescott here at quarterback, who's a solid if not great quarterback over time here. In fact, I think Dak Prescott could overcome Carson Wentz for being on that next level. That's another reason I pick him here. But um, I think you can build up a solid team over 10 years. You can build your team up to where in that 10th, like that 8th, 9th, 10th season, if you don't get done earlier, you will have one of the best teams in the league, but you'll also have one of the better quarterbacks in the league too. I think having the time is more valuable than having the one-star player for just a short period of time because you can't build around him in the amount of period of time. If you have a lot of time with a player like Dak Prescott, who, as I said, I think is fairly talented, I think you could build up a championship-level team with a quarterback who is better than Jimmy Garoppolo was, and Jimmy Garoppolo made it to the Super Bowl basically by his defense and his run game. So... That's why I think you could get a Dak Prescott, who, in my opinion, is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, and then build a team and have a championship contending team. Okay, well, I. So, what you said there, though, kind of negates your premise. If you're talking about building a team, I, I was taking your premise to mean you're going to continue to have the mediocre team surrounding this quarterback throughout the time. If your premise is, I can get myself a. Um, B quarterback as opposed to an A plus quarterback and I will eventually manage to get enough um, B plus level players around him that that then yeah I would agree that probably is a better way to go in the long run but if you what you're trying to say is I'm thinking in the long run I'm going to keep a Dak Prescott and I'm going to keep him surrounded by the types of players that the Cowboys had last year then no I think you're going to continue to get an 8-8 eight eight season out of that every single year um, I just don't think I, I would agree with you that I think the Cowboys might have made some good moves um, here recently in the draft and the offseason and got themselves in a little bit better position going forward. But um, I think the reason Garoppolo was able to do what he did, as I said, is that he didn't have stars around him. He just had better than eight and eight players around him. And and you can take a mediocre quarterback and like I said, you can take a a B minus quarterback and surround them with B plus A minus players and get a good combination in the long run out of that. Um, but I don't think you can take a B minus quarterback and surround them with C plus B minus players and ever get anything to pan out. So between those options, I'm going to take my A plus quarterback and manage to get what I can in the short term um, as opposed to thinking, from my opinion, the other way. I'm not going to get anything in the long term. Okay. Give me a second. I need to go over a couple of things with you. You said something along the lines of Jimmy Garoppolo did not have any stars around him last season, but I would like to very blatantly argue that you're completely wrong about that because if you look at, well, one, his defense was loaded with stars. You can name Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, D. Ford. You have Fred Warner, a linebacker. You have Richard Sherman, a cornerback. On offense, you even have star players. The running back was by committee, so you didn't have a star there. But you can argue that George Kittle is a star player because he's probably the best tight end in the league. You can argue that Emmanuel Sanders is a star player because he's a top wide receiver in the league. 
if not at least solid. So I don't think your argument that Jimmy Garoppolo did not have stars is, even though that doesn't pertain to this, arg to this whole thing, it's not true. He did have stars around him, and that's what put him there. I was playing this under the idea, though, that he, you would be basically like a normal franchise. You would build over time. You wouldn't be stuck with the same team because no, no team is stuck with the same team forever. But then I'd also like to argue, even if Dak Prescott was stuck with the team he had last year, I still think I could see in a 10-year period them winning a championship sometime in that. Because the Cowboys last year were not a crappy team. They had talent. Zeke is always going to be a great running back here, even if he isn't necessarily like the Christian McCaffrey kind of running back or the Alvin Kamara kind of running back. He's still always going to be a repeated carries kind of running back who can get you there. You had Amari Cooper, who's a star receiver. You have Michael Gallup, who is a, like, Chris Godwin, like, the lesser version of Chris Godwin, the more underrated version of Chris Godwin right now. So you had two good receivers. Blake Jarwin is the most underrated tight end in the league. So you have a great offense here. Their offense line's always been the best in the league for, like, the last 10 years. Their defense does need some help, but Demarcus Lawrence is a top sack player. You had tons of injuries that hurt him last season. They they've only gotten better this season. So if you're banking it under, they're going. It's gonna be like a normal franchise, and they'll build up. Of course, they're gonna run a franchise uh, championship because Dak Prescott's good enough to lead a champ a team to a championship because he's just a good quarterback. I've seen this from his time at Mississippi State till now. He's a good quarterback. But even if you kept the loss last year, I would still bet on him winning a championship sometime in those ten years. I think you just undercut your whole argument with everything you said right there. You just rattled off this amazing team, in your opinion, that the Cowboys had last year, and an argument that they had really good players, and yet they still went eight and eight. So you took your you took your B level quarterback, put him on a team with what you just argued was really good players, and they still didn't win. So, and I think you made that exact same argument for Jimmy Garoppolo. I might disagree with your assessment of the uh, perfection of the players he was surrounded by. I'll concede the defense. That was really, really good. But I was kind of discounting the defense. I was, I was, uh, what I was uh, saying was the, the offensive talent he would have around him to work on his offense. So uh, you are entirely right about the defense. Um, but... I, according to argument you just had right there, San Francisco apparently surrounded Garoppolo by a great offense last year, and that is exactly what it took to get him to where he was. And so he he, he was a you know B B level quarterback at best. Garoppolo lost the Super Bowl not because he wasn't good enough to win it, but because he played Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes has a great team to go along with him being the best quarterback maybe in the history of the NFL. That's, Doesn't that just make my argument all the better? No, it yeah. means that Patrick Mahomes had a great team around him too. You're you had he he would be having a not so great team. I'm also I left out a lot of things when I was talking about the Cowboys last season and how they were with Dak Prescott. The reason that they have some great players at positions. But then there are also positions like cornerback, you could say, for the Cowboys from last season, even though they they were awful, like top, like bottom 10 in the NFL at cornerback, safety. Um, they have great linebacking group, but they're missing a lot of things on the defensive line. They're not, it's an, they were an average team last year because they had a ton of great players and a ton of awful players. I still think, though, that even if you have a ton of great players and you're on an average team, sometimes even if you have the awful players, we kind of saw this with the Chiefs last year somewhat, a little bit, because their defense was like mid-grade in the NFL. 
if you have an amazing offense, it can make up for a crappy defense. That's kind of why I would bank on the Cowboys, because they had a good enough offense, but they had crappy defense. They just weren't as good as the Chiefs were at it last season. I generally think that Dak Prescott has the best chance of winning the most championships of all these players, because the most you can get out of Patrick Mahomes is two championships in two seasons, and I don't see a Patrick Mahomes-led Cowboys team winning two championships in two seasons. I can see a Dak Prescott-led Cowboys team winning two or more championships in ten seasons. I just don't know. I just don't see a way. I think it has to be the better option to go with someone over ten years because I don't see the ma- a massive drop-off between... Even though Patrick Holmes is an amazing player, I still don't think that Dak Prescott is so drastically below him that it just like doesn't make up for anything. That's kind of where I told him. I want to mention one more thing is... So we didn't really talk about the B-level quarterbacks at all. Of the three B-level quarterbacks that I had for my graphic here, which was Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, which one would you choose of the three of them right now? Right now. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or Carson Wentz? Yeah. I'd probably go Russell Wilson, but the only reason I hesitate in the least is because he's a little bit older than the others, but... um, but I'd still probably go Russell Wilson. I'd go Russell Wilson by a long shot. Deshaun Watson's way overrated, and Carson Wentz isn't that great. He shouldn't be on that level. It's just which Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Or you should put Lamar Jackson in there for that spot, because I think Lamar Jackson's a top quarterback. But from what I'd say, I think I'd pick Russell Wilson, because I think Russell Wilson was arguably one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL last year. I think Deshaun Watson's way overrated. It, he's just... Deshaun Watson's just not great. People talk about him putting up all these great stats, but he's beaten at everything someone talks about. Lamar Jackson put up better stats last year, and Patrick Mahomes puts up better stats, and Russell Wilson puts up better stats. Everyone talks about how he has like that winning mentality. He won at Clemson, but he screws it up in the first round of the playoffs each year he's made it so far. Well, the first real time, he played the Bills, and they won that game, and the Bills aren't that great at all, which you saw in my power rankings last week. I don't see a way you can choose anybody but Russell Wilson in that case, even though Russell Wilson's 31 at the moment. And the others are both 24 and 25, respectively. Right, and that was that was part of the reason I was saying. like it, The the B-level quarterbacks that you had there were for five years, I believe. And so I guess my thought process being, you know, a 31-year-old quarterback for five years, I'm not... Uh, yeah, he's extremely talented now, and, and I would say hands down the best of those three quarterbacks at the moment. I guess I was a little concerned would he be the best of those three quarterbacks for five years. Now, if you were to have substituted Lamar Jackson into that mix the way you suggested a minute ago, for if I were having to take a quarterback for five years, even though I would probably trust Wessel Wilson with it more at the moment, if I were having to gamble on five years, I'd probably go Lamar Jackson for the five years. Mm, I'm not sure if I agree about that. I think Russell Wilson knows how to win in the playoffs, and Lamar Jackson showed me nothing about winning in the playoffs so far. I'm just not sure that Russell Wilson's going to be winning in the playoffs when he's 36 years old. I think he could. He's not that mobile. And no disrespect to James Winston, Baker Mayfield, or Derek Carr, but none of them are really on the same level as Dak Prescott, even though they're all supposedly on that same level in the graphic here. So at this moment, I wouldn't have considered any of them even in the conversation. So thank you for talking with me about that. It was good to talk with you about that. And um, I hope to have you on the podcast again sometime. So thanks for being here. I guess. Thank you. I would 
like to talk about Jadavian Clowney for a minute here because his situation is very interesting considering and taking in all aspects of his free agency and what's happening. Jadavian Clowney was taken with the first overall pick in 2014, the NFL draft. He played for the Texans for five years before um, being traded to the Seahawks and playing for the Seahawks this past season. He Generally, he's he's made three Pro Bowls in, I think, those six seasons there being a fairly successful NFL player. So it wouldn't make sense for a defensive lineman who's made three Pro Bowls who's still in his mid-20s to not be play- to not be signed on a roster at the moment after the NFL draft even. But that is where we need to begin to talk about here. Javion Clowney only went for three sacks in this past season. On the Seahawks, even though he was considered a star player every time, he only had three sacks while playing for them past season, which is not what you want from an edge pass rusher. He considers himself to be an edge pass rusher. That's why he's asking for $20 million or so in the free agency market here, which is n- an edge pass rusher who's getting three sacks should not make $20 million per year. So I anyone can talk to me about that if they have an argument they want to make. But that should never happen. So it makes sense he isn't signed yet because of that. There are reports he's lowered his money, wanting down to about $17 million. But I still think that's slightly overpriced. Jadavion Clyde only had three sacks last year, but the reason I would still pay for him at the moment would be that I think he might be the best run-defending outside linebacker slash defensive end. When Jadavion Clyde is on the edge, you don't run around the edge. It just doesn't happen. He has the length of, like, a Jaguar, and he can pounce in any direction and stop you. So that's the reason he's so valuable, because you can't get outside runs, which murdered, like, the Packers in the NFC Championship last year with Moster and Breida and, um, and, and uh, Coleman all running around the outside and just burning the Packers because they didn't have these defensive linemen on the outside. I just... It, you see this repeatedly. When you have defensive linemen who can shut down the outside run, it makes the offense much less dynamic. And that's why Clowney's very valuable, but yet he's still on the market at the moment for no apparent reason other than he's asking for too much money or he's in the wrong position, So, but we don't know what really is the reason he's not there. As I said, he's had a fairly successful career. He's had higher sack, sack numbers than three sacks like he had past season, but he's never been like a sack, like monster sack number person like he was suspected to be when he came out of the draft. When he came out of the draft, he had had 13 sacks two straight seasons at South Carolina, and it didn't make, no one suspected that this NFL player would not be, no one suspected that if Jadavian Clowney wasn't putting up more than 10 sacks per year, that he'd still be a Pro Bowl player. Yet, Jadavian Clowney is still a Pro Bowl player, even when he doesn't put up those sacks because one because of his name and brand which gets you a long ways if you are a player like Khalil Mack let's say if no 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 not even Khalil Mack if Aaron Donald or Von Miller puts up eight sacks which Von Miller did this past season he will still make the Pro Bowl because he put up eight sacks and his name is so recognizable and so well known and I think that's somewhat what's getting Jadavion Clowney there but Javion Klein is still a very valuable piece to a franchise that's in the middle of winning right now, as the Seahawks were past season. So let me give you my 
projections, like the top five teams that I think could most likely sign JV and Clowney here, with all that in mind. At number five, I would have the Ravens, because the Ravens don't necessarily have, I mean, they have Matthew Judon on the, outs, on the outside as an edge rusher, but Matthew Judon most likely might either get traded or won't be re-signed in a couple years. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Matthew If the Ravens add Davian Clowney, that defense will be a nightmare to go along with an offense that's dynamic with having Lamar Jackson and all. The Ravens on defense would have Calais Campbell, on the inside, along with Davian Clowney, Matthew Judon, and multiple other defensive linemen that I'm not thinking of at the moment. They're very good. I can't remember their names exactly. You'd have among the secondary would be amazing if Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, all those other players, they're back there in secondary who were playing amazing for them last season. We have they'd have still they'd have gone Patrick Queen last season play linebacker for a defense that was only fourth in efficiency last season, which is towards the very top. So adding to David Kleiner would only make this team even more dynamic and more of a win now sense. It would make them actually much more likely to contend with the Chiefs, whom I had in my number one power rankings last week when I announced that. Helping doing this would just be getting the Ravens back there up at the top, competing with the Chiefs every season for that AFC spot. At number four, I would have the Eagles. The Eagles don't have much outside rushing presence at the moment. The Eagles have a solid team otherwise around on the overall. They need cornerback help really badly because their cornerbacks are terrible, and they need wide receiver help really badly because their wide receivers weren't great last season. But they did get Jalen Rieger, so that's your fill for that. But having Jadavian Clowney on that defense with Fletcher Cox in the middle, it would make that very unstoppable in Philadelphia, and it would also help to stop the Cowboys, who are building up an amazing offense and planning for the future with just having an offense. So if the Philadelphia Eagles could get Javion Clowney, that would make the best sense for them. The third team I'd have on this list would probably most likely be the Browns. It's been rumored that the Browns were going to sign Jadavian Clowney recently because for some reason the Browns just have tons of money to keep spending, and putting Jadavian Clowney across from Miles Garrett would make a dangerous combo on that defensive line on the Browns. The Browns have tons of talent. That's why I suspect they'll have a much better season this year, having Miles uh, Garrett, um, Olivier Vernon, Jadavian Clowney, if they signed him, obviously. And they'd have other talented defense players, and they have that amazing offense with Odell and Jarvis. So having them adding the adding Javian Clowney could only make them much better. And doing that would also help, as I said, because Javian Cl- Clowney is great on the outside, stopping the outside run. And that's what Lamar Jackson did all of last season, being in the same division as Lamar Jackson. It would make sense to get a player who can shut down the outside run. And that would help to stop Lamar Jackson from tormenting them as he did last season in the second game of that. The number two team for Jadavian Clowney I'd have would be my Titans. Um, the Titans really need rushing help. If you can, you can see this if you watch all their games like I did last season. But they've lost Jarrell Casey, who was already their best defensive lineman. All they added to go along with Harold Landry, who was already a great, a good defensive lineman, but he's not. He'll turn into a star here soon. But we'll have to wait on that. They added Vic Beasley, but they're only hoping he can get back up to what he did in 2016. He, I see no way that they get anywhere without adding more defensive line help and helping that out. But if you get Javian Clowney, you ought, I think that puts them over the edge for winning that division over either whoever it is, the Colts or Houston, who goes without the division. I think the Jaguars have no chance of making a run for it. But if you add Javian Clowney, it would make their team much better because that's their main glaring hole at the moment after having gotten offensive linemen in the draft. 
they don't they need that defensive help. And that would also help to shut down Deshaun Watson running for the Texans when they play them all season. Because Deshaun Watson runs around the outside all the time too. So it only makes sense. And then my number one team for Jadavian Clowney would be the Seahawks. Now, I know this isn't that big pick that everyone would want for something like this, but it makes the most sense. He played for them last season. He seemed to fit into their scheme really well. They need that defensive help because they are they are a um they are a good team in the NFC, so they have a chance right now of running for a Super Bowl. But it they need to add they need to retain Jadavian Clowney to make their team still remain on top. I think the Seahawks may jump over the 49ers this season for that division, but I, I see no way that happens, though, if they don't add Jadavion Clowney. He fit well with the organization. It didn't seem to have any problems. Like, they didn't seem to have any, like, disagreements or anything like that that would make them not want to resign him. But it's they aren't willing to pay him all the money he's wants the way everyone else wants. So I see most likely that Jadavion Clowney will, will go there. I think it would be the best spot and the most likely spot. So it make, it generally makes overall sense for Javon Klein to go there. That was my top five picks for Javon Klein. I think he's a very talented player. But it's an interesting situation he finds himself in in free agency right now after the draft and no one having signed him. So we'll have to wait for a while. I would predict in the moment that he might actually be signed as almost as late as July or something. But we'll just have to continue to see that. My next section I'll move into is a is a thing between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields regarding who who I think will do better next season and the NFL draft predictions kind of for next season and who will be on top. So here we go. The next thing I wanted to talk about was Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields. These um so the betting odds for who would be the number one pick in 2021's NFL draft we're set this week with Trevor Lawrence having the best odds and Justin Fields having the second best odds. They're both respectively quarterbacks at Clemson and Ohio State, but both have taken very different paths to those to the point they're at now. Both of them were the top the one and two overall rated players in ESPN's one hundred for twenty eighteen out of the um college ball players. So you had the number one and the number one t- two rated uh QB prospects entering that season out of high school. And they were both different types of quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is more of a pocket passer kind of quarterback. He has that big build that play that people like, which gives him a good chance to be drafted number one overall. But Justin Fields had the mobileness that people like him quarterback now. He had that Cam Newton kind of running ability, but he's faster than Cam Newton was. He has a great arm too. He's an accurate passer. So overall Justin Fields is a very talented player to go along with Trevor Lawrence being a very talented player. Justin Fields went to Georgia, who already had Jake Fromm as a very talented quarterback there, and he didn't win out as he as he expected to, being being there at Georgia, which led him to transfer after the twenty eighteen season. In twenty in twenty eighteen, though, for uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence ended up winning the national championship at Clemson on one of the best teams there has been in quite a few years now. And he played amazing after starting in, like, the fifth week of the season over Kelly Bryant. In 2019, Justin Fields played immediately off his transfer and had a Heisman. They, If it weren't for Joe Burrow, Justin Fields had a likely chance of winning the Heisman with the great season. He had 40 passing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns, tons of yards, 
it was an amazing season for Justin Fields. For a lot of the season, Ohio State was ranked number one, but then they ended up losing to Clemson, uh, Trevor Lawrence's team, in the semifinal in a very tight and close game. Entering this college football season, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence will be most likely the number one and number two rated teams and number one and number one two rated Heisman candidates. But everyone's going to be favoring Clemson and Trevor Lawrence after what they've done. This is where I would begin to argue that I think Justin Fields will, one, I would predict have the better season of the two because, in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence isn't really... Trevor Lawrence isn't a regular season quarterback. He plays great in the postseason, but he's average in the regular season. We saw this both years. He, I mean, well, not average. He's better than average. He's a good quarterback in the regular season, but he's an amazing quarterback in the postseason. Justin Fields, though, puts up great stats in the regular season, so I think Justin Fields is more likely going to be a, the Heisman winner than... Trevor Lawrence, well, though there are other people who are dark horses like Jamie Newman and Bryce Young and players like that from Georgia and Alabama, respectively. But um, I think Justin Fields will end up being the number one pick in 2021's NFL Draft because he will have the better season in his final year of college. Since they're very close right now in the odds, I would think, though he doesn't have the build that NFL teams want, that that Trevor Lawrence has the tall, lanky, kind of even white dude quarterback who's just big and gets ball out there and it's kind of mobile. Justin Fields is the fast, smaller, but not very small quarterback. Very accurate, too. Strong arm. They're both going to be amazing QBs this coming year. But I predict that Justin Fields is probably going to have the better season in Ohio State. They're going to go undefeated. He's going to win the Heisman, which is going to put him ahead of Trevor Lawrence slightly. In the playoff, I think I would right now give Ohio State better odds of winning the championship than Clemson, which I think also could factor into their both cases for the number one overall pick. But I would personally take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. I think that he's more fit for the modern NFL. He has the better overall like mobility that all these teams want with their quarterbacks. And I think, I don't know, Justin Fields, just he he has that Cam Newton aspect to him about with the running. But he also has a great army. I think he's more Russell Wilson-y, kind of. He just runs more than Rus- Russell Wilson does. He's all mobile. You could almost compare him to maybe Deshaun Watson or someone. But I, there's no one like him. He's just so talented. And that's why I think Justin Fields is the quarterback I would take over Trevor Lawrence. And I think he will be the quarterback taking take him with the number pick. I think that it will be very close. But it will be how Justin Fields plays in the regular season. wins the Heisman. And that will be... I will talk later about who I think other Heisman candidates are before the college football season starts, assuming we have a college football season this year. But I think Justin Fields will be the Heisman winner. I think they'll both be front runners, but I think Trevor Lawrence will kind of just have, once again, like a good, very good season, but not a Heisman kind of regular season like he has had the last two years. He just hasn't played as amazingly as he does in the playoffs in the regular season. I think we'll see that once again. So right now, even though the odds are on Trevor Lawrence to end up being the um, the number one player pick, picked, I would personally go with Justin Fields because of his mobility. I think he'll probably be the number one player picked just because of how he play next season. Though it is good to watch if Panay Suell, who's an offensive lineman at Oregon, he could go number one because he's supposed to be a generational offensive lineman type. So... That's what I'd have to say about that. I'd take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence, but it's a great QB battle, and we'll have to see how it goes next year. You can only suspect that maybe even in the national championship game, you could see an Ohio State versus Clemson game, which could even determine the number one overall pick.
My next and final section will be a talk about Aaron Rodgers and kind of what's happening with him now after what Brett Favre said about him and with um with Jordan Love having been drafted. So here we go. And finally, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers for just a minute here before this pod episode is over. I know we're at about 37 minutes already here, but I'm just going to try and finish it up quickly here. So the Packers drafted Jordan Love in the first round of the draft, and I've talked about this already a couple times, so I'm not going to go over it again. But earlier this week, Brett Favre announced that um, Brett Favre in an interview talked about how he thinks that Aaron Rodgers will end up leaving Green Bay over time. I think I would end up having to agree with him here. I think Jordan Love will be very successful and no harm to him or anything. But I think Aaron Rodgers can't be moved out for two years. So Aaron Rodgers will play for two more years there or so. But in two years, I think Aaron Rodgers will request a trade to get out of there. Because I think by then, Jordan Love will have, built up, will have been built up enough. And they will already be looking to put Jordan Love in. But I think Jordan Love will end up being very successful for them. So I'm not worried about that. But I think Aaron Rodgers will look to get traded, as Brett Favre said. And I don't think I see any way that Aaron Rodgers ends up staying with the Packers with an RQB behind him. Because I think Aaron Rodgers' ego really just won't allow him to do it. Now, the next part you need to address, though, is where he'll get traded to. And even though I hate to say this, I think I know where he'll go and it really hurts me Aaron Rodgers after two years which will be the 20 prior to the 2022 season Aaron Rodgers will have been traded to the Patriots the New England Patriots I think for two years here Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer will play as the Patriots quarterback I don't think the Patriots go for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields as I just talked about in the NFL draft next season. I think they play with Jarrett Sidham. I don't think Jarrett Sidham ends up being all that successful necessarily, so I don't think he'll go on forever. That's why they'll need another quarterback then soon. But I think Aaron Rodgers will get traded to the Patriots. Bill Belichick works with quarterbacks like that who have an ego because Tom Brady has somewhat of an ego, even if it's not completely like just for himself. He has a personality, and he can work with that with Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron, He will end up going to the Patriots. I heard someone talk about this on ESPN. The Patriots will win two Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers on their team, and they'll continue to di- the dynasty because he fits their scheme very well. He'll work with Belichick really well. They already have the program around him. They have an amazing defense. By then, I think they'll have be- been able to draft a couple of wide receivers to help him out. They have great running backs in Sonny Michelle and James White, among other guys. Sorry for a voice crack right there. <clears throat> it will... It only makes sense because where else is he gonna go? He'll be like a thirty. He'll be a thirty-eight year old quarterback, thirty-nine year old quarterback. He'll be looking to go to our team, and though he may still be considered one of the most talented quarterbacks, he'll only have like two, three more years, and that's why I think he goes to a team that's built to win at that moment. He puts his scheme in. He has a quarterback who can help, a coach who can help him, and. He won't have anyone competing with him there because Jared Stidham isn't competing with Aaron Rodgers. I think Bill Belichick will recognize that he doesn't need to put anyone competing with Aaron Rodgers, and that would stop Aaron Rodgers from doing all that well. So I think I see, and I hate saying this because I hate the Patriots, and I think they're cheaters, but I think the Patriots end up getting Aaron Rodgers in two years. They win two Super Bowls, and Aaron Rodgers just goes out into the sunlight after that. I just kind of wanted to talk about this considering what – uh. 
Brett Favre announced earlier this week with what he said about talking to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers feeling like he has a chip on his shoulder against the organization and how they're undermining him and all his success by getting another player to play his position after him. So it only makes sense that he'd won out. I think the Patriots fit it correctly. And I just wanted to mention this at the end of the episode, kind of before it ends. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, We will be once again having another episode come out on Monday morning or Sunday night. It will address whatever news happens in between then, and we'll debate even further what we have to talk about here. We're looking to add a co-host onto the podcast sometime soon here, but for now, I will be filling in as as the only host. So thank you for listening if you made it this far. Uh, We're glad for your well, not viewership, but listenership, if that's a word. And thank you once again. Bye.